I think they saw that I care. I think that's yeah. like the biggest yeah, thing. Yeah. It's like showing that you care and like like showing that you're gonna be there. I think yeah. a lot of the times there can be high turnover, especially at small schools. No doubt. But, you know, I've been there and I am there, you know, mm -hmm. as their coach, as their mentor, you know, helping them with stuff on the court, but off the court too. I think if you show the kids that you really care about them and want to get to know them, they'll do anything for you. Welcome to the Good Athlete Podcast, the voice of the Good Athlete Project. Hello, everyone. This week, we sit down with Jody Marver the 2023 IBCA Illinois Basketball Coach of the Year and Head Varsity Girls Basketball Coach at Willows Academy. Jody has been an athlete all her life, from playing in the Maccabi Games in 2008 to playing basketball for Knox College. Jody studied elementary education and paved the way for the future of Knox basketball. Additionally, Jody is Chicago's 16U Maccabi Girls Basketball Coach and continues to give back to the Maccabi community. And most recently, she was inducted into the Knox College Hall of Fame for her impact as an athlete and as a coach for turning the whole program around. If you want to learn the secrets to a successful team culture, pay close attention to Jody's story. Also remember to subscribe to the Good Athlete Podcast so you never miss an episode. And now, Jody Marver. What makes Willows so special? Um, what makes Willows so special? I mean, I think that... I'm the type of person that really like believes in culture and family dynamic, right? And so, you know, growing up, I went to Glenbrook North, which was a huge public school, and then went to Knox, as you did as well. Ex uh, what college? Knox College. The right. Knox College? The Knox College. Go Prairie Fire. Go Fire. Let's um, go. But I think once I went there and really saw what a family dynamic was in a small campus in a small mm. school, that was so much more of what I believe in. I yeah. was like, felt like people were looking out for each other. Felt like, you know, close relationships. It was really more of my realm. And so I never really got that experience again until I went to Willows. So uh, going into get there, getting that coaching job, I felt that exact same way. Very much a family dynamic. Very much like close culture. It was really seemingly easy for me to come in and implement this whole different culture for them because the girls bought in so fast mm. and they believed in me so much mm. that it was easy to believe in them. And Ooh, I, I think that, that that was like the biggest thing. And so now why, it's why like... Why do you think they bought into you so fast? Um, Because I think that they saw that I... you just go I, out there and start shooting threes? And they're, they're like, okay, yeah. fine. We'll listen. I think they saw that I care. I think that's like yeah. the biggest yeah, yeah, thing. Yeah. It's like showing that you care and like, like showing that you're going to be there. I think yeah. a lot of the times there can be high turnover, especially at small schools. No doubt. But, you know, I've been there and I am there, you know, mm -hmm. as their coach, as their mentor, you know, helping them with stuff on the court, but off the court, too. I think if you show the kids that you really care about them and want to get to know them, they'll do anything for you. Man, it's such a it's so true. Relationships matter. There's those old cliches like people don't know. Or what is it that people don't care how much, you know, unless you unless they know how much you care or something yep. to that extent. Mm -hmm. And it's like sometimes I hear that stuff. And I'm like, that is cheesy. And it's true. It <laughs> it's like, uh, you know, often cliches, I think, go that way. It's like, well, it became cliched because it was said so often. It was said so often because it was absolutely true. Right. It so, is. So you went in and started establishing relationships. Yeah. You've been there for how long? It was my fifth year coaching, okay. fourth year teaching. So, Love it. So I'm loving it there. And I think also the thing that's very um, unique about Willows is they are like very selfless kids. Yeah. Especially the girls on the team. And that is something that I think has played into our success is the fact that 
they do not care if they're like the scorer mm. on the team. They just want to figure out what their role is and do it well, depending if that comes wow. on the stat sheet or not. So, for example, something that I really um, implement in the way that I coach is taking charges. Yeah. And that is, you know, a very selfless act. A girl is driving 100 miles an hour to basket. You let her hit you, you fall to the ground, right? Yeah. My team goes crazy for that. Yeah. And they I get a Dunkin' gift card, too. So that kind of helps every oh, time they nice. take a charge. Oh, nice. I love that. Um, but Every time go, you take a charge, a Dunkin' gift card? I will... D- Run at me, coach. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, mean, we should be sponsored by Duncan at this point. Um, Let's go. But no, and like, so I'm saying like, there could be like a girl on the team and I, one of the years I coached, I had a girl who in one game took five charges. Like. How many donuts does that equate to? Yeah, a lot. A lot of donuts. And it's like. Totally And it's like, so, so great to me because where do you go to a school where a girl is excited to take charges Uh, and doesn't care if she gets zero points? Like, right? That's That makes me really happy. That's special. And, you know, I have a girl on the team who this year, you know, she's going to be a senior. She's our starting center. Didn't play basketball until she came to Willows. Wow. And she right now is our, she loves getting rebounds. That's all, like, she's gotten so much better at scoring, but just, like, loves getting rebounds. I mean, yeah. she she has a career, almost 900 rebounds. And the only person ahead of her is a girl that goes to Stevenson High School. What? Which is, like, 30 times the size of Willows. Enorm- yeah, for and anyone who's listening from out of state that yeah. needs the context... Uh, what's the enrollment at Willows? Um, for high school, we have about 120 girls. And and Glenbrook North is 2,500 like or 2,500, so? yeah. And Stevenson's, what, 4,000 plus? Yeah, it's got to sure. be. Maybe Over even 5,000. Maybe oh, yeah, five. Right, yeah. I think it might be. Yeah. You're right. 5,000. Okay. So, so, so you're, big you're, time. Yeah. Big time. And I mean, yeah. like, and, you know, you have, like, girls. We have, we have another girl on the team this year who was a senior who, again, obviously got better at scoring. But her favorite thing was just playing lockdown defense and stopping the best player on the other team. She that. did not care. She scored zero points as long as that. You know what okay, I mean? Okay, so how do you get how do you get people so to fall in love with their role? How do you do that? That's a really that's a really good question. I think it all comes from the culture. It's like I think the girls caring about like playing as a unit yeah. and the success that they have playing as a unit versus just I want to be the scorer. I want to be the all star. Yeah. I want to do all this like. I think that they just care so much about each other yeah. and care so much about the team that that just comes naturally and mm. they get excited about that. And also on top of that, we reward that as right. a program. So we do this thing. My assistant coach um, has this really great idea of giving shoelaces. And it's like you get a shoelace if you're the top rebounder in a game. If you have the top steals in the game, the top assists, the top points. Like and next this. year I want to do top deflections, which is just getting your hand on the ball. Mm. Um, and it's rewarding those little things, and they get so excited mm. to do those things. Mm-hmm. And charges, we reward Shoelace those Shoelace is a cool idea. Yeah. They like, I mean, some of them put them on their shoes, but I've seen a lot of them like braid them on their basketball bags. Totally. I mean, I, they just totally. love it. Yeah. But... I think that's the thing where... Is your mind rolling here? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But that's the thing. I think it's like as a coaching staff too and as a program, like really getting like so excited about these yeah, things. right. Like I said, when, when a girl takes a charge, our bench goes insane. You would think we just yeah. won a game-winning shot. I like it's like that. it goes nuts. And I think that's where it comes from. And this so year we were so successful because this was a year when my team played the most as a unit more than they ever have. Okay, so this is what I hope any coach hears and the young person hears. Uh, they played more as a unit than they ever have, and they were the most successful they've ever been. Do you think that's a coincidence, coach? 
I don't. Okay. <laughs> and I will even say, and this is no knock to my team at all because I love them. Yeah. We played teams who were definitely 100% more talented than yeah, us. Yeah, I get it. 100%, 100% yeah. more uh-huh. talented than us. I mean, you look this year, we played teams like Hoffman Estates. We played Wheeling High School. You know, we played like these like big programs and we beat them mm. because we played as a unit. You beat Hoffman Estates? Yeah. Again, out of state people. What do you think Hoffman Estates is enrollment wise? Probably three or four thousand. Three or four thousand. And yeah. this school of 120 kids or 100 kids comes. Did you go to them? Or they had to come uh, they to played the, in our tournament. They had right? to come to the Eagle's Nest. That's yeah, why, they had that to come to the Eagle's the problem. Nest. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. In, that's incredible. Right. And that's that incredible. those things are, are fun. And, and that's like, you know, I was kind of talking before. It's like that's what makes this so awesome is I expect so much out of the girls. Yeah. More than any other sport, I would say, at Willows. Yeah. As far as time commitment, they do stuff in the winter. We do stuff in the summer. We can't really do off-season because a lot of the girls are three sport athletes just because we're such a small school. For sure. Yeah. Um, but... I expect the most, and I expect them to work the hardest and put the most amount of time in, but they also have the most amount of fun, and I think they're now seeing the results of what that all equals to. That's incredible. That's such a valuable lesson to learn right now in this moment in time specifically, and I hope this podcast ages well. We'll see. (laughs) But, like, there's a very real conversation going on about, like, um, recruiting the ideas and the wants of a team. Mm-hmm. And I would even extend that, of course, like that we're not just talking about a basketball team. Uh, I want to tell you a story about a powerlifting team in a second here yes, too. Yes, please do. Um, but like, a, you know, a, a team at work, you mentioned yeah. your assistant coaches or, or, a, or a coaching staff or a, or the entire school of teachers or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. Um, hearing what people want and as the coach, as the leader of the space, understanding also what they need yeah. and somehow marrying those two ideas. Uh, we, 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 I think people will sometimes risk being overly indulgent of want, and uh, and for fear of being, for fear of alienating kids. Mm-hmm. That's something I've seen more in the last three years. Maybe it's a post-COVID thing. Yeah. I don't want to lose kids. I don't want to push people. But I think it started as probably being really sensitive and, and thoughtful about uh, what people are going through, and I think it's possible that in certain sectors or locations we've overindulged it, yeah. and um, and that can make it really tough to do the work that we're called upon to do mm-hmm. um and i'm so excited to hear you say that because like we, we do the same thing it's like um we have high expectations um i'm just going to go into my own story yeah, i'm sorry and, and i won't go too far folks that are tuning in for jody mm-hmm. uh, i won't go too far in my own story but i think it aligns it's uh we were in our first year um at nutria uh powerlifting was just elevated to a varsity sport which is like game changing in a variety of ways and yeah. in important ways uh as you know um Nutria is sort of a white-collar school, mm-hmm. okay, in, a, in an affluent area. Wonderful, brilliant, sensitive, thoughtful, creative kids. Yeah. Uh, the, the movie Mean Girls may or may not have been inspired by it. I'm throwing all this out there because I love I, I love the idea that I'm not sure you could find many more blue-collar sports or sports that are more blue-collar mm-hmm. than powerlifting. Just work, grind all the time and pick up as much weight as you can, mm-hmm. max effort. Um, and we just got back from Oklahoma City. Okay. I know you know this already because you're so tuned into the uh, high school powerlifting scene. Of course. Uh, <laughs> but we, we won, the the girls especially, they just swept their divisions. That's awesome. So we take this this troop of girls from from the North Shore of Chicago down to Oklahoma City. They're competing against kids from Texas and Oklahoma and uh, Arkansas and Louisiana and, mm-hmm. and people they'd never otherwise see. Eating barbecue and, and Tex-Mex and, yeah, and, having, a, and having a blast. Um, I, I, that's a long prelude to this idea that like we had to make it really clear to them that the fun could only happen 
if the work was willing to be done. Right. Because mm-hmm. if we're if we're gonna if we're gonna be constantly policing whether or not you're being diligent about your attendance and your effort and all these things, th- then that that pulls that sucks the fun out of it. Whatever bandwidth or space we had to have a good time um, goes away. Yeah. Um, in fact, one of our one of the people that we know very well, Jim Burnside, one of the most successful girls soccer coaches to ever live. I think he coined the term serious fun. If he didn't, I attribute it to him. Yeah. But serious fun yeah. sounds like what's going on in your program. Yeah. No, yeah. definitely. I would totally agree with that. And I think that they have to come hand in hand. It's like, yeah. you know, there's a lot of work, work hard. Totally. That's what we, you know, drill in. But like, it's got to be enjoyable as well, you know? Yeah, absolutely. That's where you get results. And I was saying earlier when um, I was talking, I was like, this is the first year that I think the girls truly saw full results like every year Mm. you know we've had good accolades and we've been in our own school record a few times you know once and stuff but this year winning regionals i think they finally saw like what we're capable of yeah and it's more than just basketball it's bigger than basketball it's what you're capable of Mm. with all the work that they put in all the time they spent together it's like you know these girls you know i have one that's going to be playing in college but they might not all be basketball players but i think they've learned a really great lesson of mm. we did all this stuff it was fun now look what we did like, yeah i think it's a huge life lesson for them that's amazing to hear and okay so so you're on the back of the most successful uh season in school history mm-hmm. uh you're the coach of the year thank you that's not just my opinion. Yeah, that is the state's opinion. <laughs> and uh, and and I'm actually really interested in what you you said just before. So those teams who who aligned with the process and were having serious fun, but weren't necessarily seeing the tangible outcome in quite the same way. How do you how do you frame that for kids? Well, I think you know there's a, like you can't really go zero to a hundred real quick. I think no. is what 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 no. it is. There has to be steps in everything that you do. Um, and in my first year, I mean, we had a huge step. So, so before I came, eight players in the whole high school program before yeah. I came there. Yeah. They were like eight and 25 or whatever. Yeah. Then the first year I came, came in, we maybe had like 13, 14 players and we were 25 and eight. So mm. we flipped with almost the exact same players. Incredible. And I mean, that was not winning regionals, but that but is a huge step. Huge. And then the year after that, you know, we beat our own record. Yep. And the year after that, then we beat that record. Yep. And we won a few more tournaments. And we beat these big schools. And then, you know, so it's like every year there was something really something to, hang your head to, yeah. to build upon. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, this year we were like, okay, you know, we have beaten the school record a few times. We've won these tournaments. I'm like, this year, this is our regional year. Like, it is regionals or bust. Like, we, we're going to win Did you say year. it out loud? Yeah. Wow. And the girls all, too, were like, this is the year. Like, we know we're going to do this. It was Amazing. also very helpful. This was the first year that I returned my starter since I've been there. Um, wow. Usually every year I lose my best players. Of yeah. So, um, but it was... So all five came back? All five, yeah. That's... So that's, the okay, only... But enough. we had a lot of seniors graduate, but they were all the bench players. Not that they sure. weren't huge role players, of but this course. was the first year at all my starters. So I was like, you know, this year, like, is the year we're going to do it. And just, they this. were so zoned in on it. Like, that mm. was it. It was like just tunnel vision until we got there. And the game that we had won was like a very gritty, hard game. And like, who'd you have to beat? Uh, Walter Christian, who was funny because sure. they beat us the year before. So oh it was no! Nice to play them again. A little revenge game. Um, there was even a fight during the game, so it was what? getting pretty. Yeah, it was getting pretty. I had to break up a fight during that game. Um, athletes or coaches? Athletes. Okay, good. Yes, my girls actually handled themselves so well, which again was something I was extremely proud of. Sure. But it was just like so great to see all of it pay off. Tell me about this fight before we go on. Okay. What happened? Um, so 
basically it was getting it was a very physical game. I mean, the, sure. the refs were letting it be physical, which I was fine with. I kind of totally. like that. Um, and there was a loose ball, and my girl like went to dive for it and rolled over. And as she rolled over with the ball, had accidentally kicked the Walther Christian player. Sure. And so where? Um, she kicked her. I think like. Like either shoulder, okay. face area. Okay. Okay. Understandable why so, one would be upset. Yes. And so then the Walther Christian player then gets up, grabs the ball, and swings and hits my player in the head. And then my player starts to get up to walk away, and another player, Walther Christian, comes behind her and pushes her. Oh no! And then kicks her. What? Yes. Ejected. I hope. Yes. For and sure. so I then sprint onto the yep. court and like now you've done it. Yes, yeah. And break it up. <laughs> and another one of my players, which I was really proud of, stood over my player on the ground to protect her. Yeah. And the other girls on Walter Christian were trying to push her and she didn't do anything back. She was just like in protection mode. And wow. so I was really impressed at how that showed more character to me than anything. No doubt. Yeah. And I so love that. yeah. And and just the way the girls handled themselves after that. Like we stayed so very good. composed, you know, won the rest of the I mean, won the game. But I think that I was like, I'm so proud of just like how they handled that situation on top what did, of What it. did things look like post-fight? Like, did, did you all sort of take charge after that or was it continue to be? I mean, like, I think it was definitely a turning point in the game because yeah. like, you know, one player got ejected and she was one of a really good player. The other girl sure. like got a technical. So it was a turning point in the game. But I like, again, I was just so proud of how they handled it. That's what I'm, yeah. And then they were just still so tunneled vision. I mean, the girl who ended up getting hurt, you know, we had to take her out and like calm her down a little bit. But sure. like overall like they handled it and that's that is incredible Mm -hmm. and that's i'll tell you that that um great teams sounds like you had one respond to moments like that better than they're 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 the people who they're going against yeah right that's at least what i've come to notice you tell you like one of the prize capacities um when it comes to like social emotional learning or anything like that is emotion regulation Oh yeah, 100%. everyone's everyone's talking about that. It's like, in fact, it's a big dialogue in a lot of different circles. It's like you cannot deny your emotions, but you can regulate them, right. and that's an important distinction because there's this there's this one sector of, and I come from football and sort yeah. of meat-headed uh, sector. I love football. I'm not dragging it through the mud there, but um, there's sometimes there's this idea of emotional denial. Like I yeah. don't feel pain. I don't feel sad. I don't feel whatever. It's overriding your your feelings. That's not the way. Yeah. But to recognize them and then regulate them it right. is the way. Yeah. So to recognize, okay, this is an intense moment. Um, and it sounds like the one girl had her head on completely straight. Yeah. Uh, this could go any number of ways. I could throw punches. I could pull out the yellow belt I got in Taekwondo back yeah. when I was nine and leg sweep somebody yeah. or whatever. But I'm but my job right now is protect my vulnerable teammate. Like what yeah. a what a cool demonstration of what's right. actually important in this moment. While, and we talk about this a lot. Like when every there's a famous quote out there. You, could you Google this while we do this? Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. It's like um, uh, I think it's the poem "If" by Rudyard Kipling. Hmm. And it's like one of the lines is like, "If you can keep your head when everyone around you is losing theirs." Um, I think that the line is, "Then you'll be a man, my son," or something like that, which doesn't necessarily apply to the situation, yes. Yes. but the concept does. If you can be the steady hand. When everything else is going crazy, mm-hmm. uh, what an incredible advantage that oh, is. Yeah. Do you have it? Yeah, yeah. What do you got? It, it, the long poem is just, yeah. if you can, whatever, if you yeah. can, blank. It Give us your good. favorites. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there's a lot, actually. So a couple of them are like, if you can keep your head when all about you are, are all around you are losing theirs and blaming it on you. Yeah. If you can trust yourself when all men doubt you and make allowance for their doubting too. If 
you can wait and not be tired by waiting or being lied about, don't deal in lies, and just keeps going on and on. I'm getting the chills right now. Yeah. There's, there's so much. <laughs> That's like Rudyard Kipling yeah. uh, writing a script for social emotional learning there back whenever go. the heck that was. Yeah, and it yeah. ends with something that, and which is more, you'll be a man by some. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's that's when you sort of evolve. Yeah, that's when you get to another level. Anyway, so so yeah. you um you won the fight, won, <laughs> won in, yeah. in the classiest way possible. Yes, mm-hmm. settled yourselves and went on to win the game, regional yeah. champs. Yeah, it was I awesome. It. it was amazing. Shoelaces everywhere. Shoelaces <laughs> flying everywhere. I love that. But no, I think that that was I think such a key moment for the girls to really see that it all paid off. And I think even so, which is really interesting, is I think. The girls who had even graduated, like, felt like they were really a part of that, too. Like, felt like they were a part of yeah. that movement. Because, like I said, every year we move forward a bit, you know, of the players that I had. That even the players who graduated the year before, two years before, whatever, like, I think it was still such a family aspect. Like, they yeah. still believed that they were a part of that. And I think we're so excited about it. And, of course, they were. I hope anyone, I hope you pass this on to all your alumni because you definitely were. Yeah. Ladies, that is how it works. Yeah. Like, the culture isn't born overnight. It's not like once they all left, yeah. now we're this gritty, tough, focused on defense, composed team. Right. The culture is built and they were part of it 100%. 100%, yeah. yeah. So I think that that was very exciting. So... I mean, yeah, such a great year, and I'm just so happy that the girls were able to see all the hard work pay off because I wanted that for them more than anything. So that's so cool. Yeah, that was good. It's amazing. That's a lot of fun. So um, you you use the term. I don't want to go too deep into poetry, but I might have to. Okay. Uh, no, I don't have to. But you use it. You use the word even so, and that's a that's a key line from. Uh, will you look this up, Raymond Carver? Mm-hmm. Even so, I think it might be called. It's called the the title of the poem is Last Something. Mm. And the and the final line of this very short poem is like, Did did you get what you wanted out of life even so? So I don't what want to take it? Raymond Carver. Known mostly for his short stories, but has some really interesting poetry as well. Did yeah. you get what you wanted out of life even so? And even so has come to be sort of a mantra every now and then that that, that yeah. I have come to think about because it's like um, I think too often we focus on uh, the contextual limitations. Like, yeah. could you imagine if you all had gone in that game and were like, well, we can't, or, or not that one, maybe the Hoffman Estates one. Mm-hmm. Like, we cannot, you cannot change the fact that that's a 4,000 person school with incredibly mm-hmm. talented athletes roaming the halls. And we are a 100 person school with, with talent, but just in a different, to a different degree, yeah. perhaps. Mm-hmm. Um, did you get what you wanted out of that game, out of that team, even so? Mm-hmm. Because we can't change those other variables. Yeah. Uh, we only have <clears throat> what's in our own line of sight. You got it, Coach? Uh, I wasn't able to find it. That's all right. Yeah. Raymond Carver. Yeah, no. Um, so anyway. I think, I think, yeah, I think they, I was very proud of definitely that moment. But I think yeah. even since season, you know, now the girls are playing other sports. You know, like I said, small school, they're basically all three sport athletes. Yeah. I think a lot of them have told me like that. They just have so much fun playing basketball. Mm. And girls who never saw themselves as players, like I was talking about earlier, a lot of the girls who come to the program have never played basketball before. Amazing. As freshmen. They come in, never played basketball, just want to try it out. Yeah. And then, you know, just to make that so enjoyable and that they want to play, that's almost like as much of an accomplishment for me as winning regionals Mm. is that these girls want to play. They see themselves as basketball players. They enjoy the program. I mean, that is where these life lessons all come in because, you know, 
I, you know, I'm, I have one player playing college basketball. I had another one also, but most of my girls aren't going to play after sure. Willows. Right. So like, what are they going to get out of the program? Yeah, totally. And the biggest thing is, I think it's just the life lessons that they're learning through all of this and the culture and wanting to be a part of something bigger than themselves. All right. What are the life lessons? I'm going to really put you on the spot. By the yeah. way, Coach um, Coach Lim, it's Late Fragment is the title of the poem. We just came in. Late Fragment. Late Fragment. Um, all right, Jody. life lessons. Life lessons. Number one, commitment. Ooh. I think the girls really, you know, like I said, I definitely 100% expect the most commitment out of any sport at Willows. Yeah. Like, and I think that them showing commitment and seeing the results of being committed is yeah. huge. Yeah. You know, and everything that I explain to them, I do tie to the real world, right? So I'm like, okay, if I have a job, I, I need to show up to my job. I need to be committed. If I am running late, to my job and I tell no one, what do you think happens? You know, and I explain to them, I'm like, you would get in trouble. There's like, no, yeah, 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 yeah. Like yeah. they don't know where you are, whatever. So you come to practice five minutes late and you don't communicate. Mm -hmm. Like that is what I see as a real world thing. No doubt. So I would say commitment and communication. Those go hand in hand. The girls will laugh when they hear this because the communication thing I talk about all the time. I'm like, even if you're going to be a second late, even if you're going to be a second late, just text me. It's fine. Gotta if you get know. stuck behind a train, that's fine. Yep. If you're sick, if something happens, you know, that's fine. Just tell me. Yep. That's all I ask. 100%. Because I tell them when you go to, off to college, when you have a job, like you have to communicate. You can't just avoid. Right. You can't just disappear. Oh, then that translates though. I think, and I <clears throat> talked about this earlier, that the communication piece for kids talking you know, to someone is hard. It was hard before, but COVID made it worse in my opinion. I totally agree. And so them learning how to communicate with me and the coaching staff then translate to them learning how to communicate with each other. Yep. And teams that communicate well play well. Yes. So it's like I love that you said that because so often we just have, you coach Lim knows this, but we have we have this model this like um and I'm I'm going to let you identify the rest of yeah, too. I just want to jump on this cuz it's so important. Um we have we call it UMA, understanding motivation access. It's like the troubleshooting and feel free to use this app yeah. like Whenever you and your staff or just you on your own with a cup of coffee and a notebook are like, well, what's up here? Why are we not getting the results we want? It usually falls into one of three categories. Sometimes it's a touch of each, but it's mm -hmm. like, does the person not understand what they're doing? That'd be fall into the understanding category. Oftentimes, especially in nonprofit work, it's an access mm -hmm. question. Do they have access to the things that they need to do the things that they want or need to do? Um, but then there's also this motivation question like what are your motives is aligned with your motives and you seem to be doing a great job of of uh, articulating how this is good like you know this is good for life mm -hmm. but they may not see that yet they don't know what it's like to be 50 with a family and a job they don't yeah. know that they, so that might not be as compelling to them mm -hmm. but um they might understand what you just said which is okay communication is going to make us better at basketball i'm in yeah. You know, so you, you frame that. You right. as a coach in the back of your mind know that this is gonna pay off down the line for them for right. sure. Right. But even in the immediate, it's good. Which is right. which is fantastic. Right. So it, they see their that motives. Exactly. And I think like for me, I think the girls respond better when I'm able to connect things to real world stuff, like a yeah. job. You know, right. like I'll explain that. I'll be like They like that part. They like that part. Cool. And I think that they and it helps them understand that part too, because obviously they're all wanting to go to college, all wanting to yeah. get a job one day. So if I'm then connecting it, being like, Okay, you know, what if I was thirty minutes late to work and didn't tell my principal? Yeah. And they're like, What do you think would happen? Like yeah. you know, and then yeah, yeah. and then I'm and able to have a one on one yeah. conversation with them to help them learn from that. Yeah. You know? 
Um, and I think then it makes things more like understandable for them to connect to the real world. And that's where I'm saying like, these are like life lessons. Like they're learning that really yeah. well. Yeah. Um, and I also think self-confidence is like Confidence. a huge no thing doubt. that they're learning, like and a huge thing that they're gaining. I mean, I've, the amount that I've seen these girls grow, which I think especially is important for girls. Without a doubt. In self-confidence, I mean, is amazing. Like, seeing the girls grow into their own, finding their niche. And like I said, on our team, they don't care if they're the top scorer, top assists, rebounders, charges, just going out there, being the loudest on the bench. Like, yep. they all, like, feel like they play a role. And I think that that really increases their confidence. Yes, and I see it since I teach in the building too, off the court as well. Like I've seen a lot of these girls grow so, good. so much in self confidence. I want to piggyback on this, or I want to, or I want to stay on it at least, yeah. to shine a really bright light. Confidence too often is demonized. Mm -hmm. I and maybe demonized is extreme, but like when you think of like a stereotypical basketball player, football player, right. whatever, uh, this jock thing mentality, like people are worried about being overly confident. At least that's a narrative I've heard before. Fair enough, but we're not talking about being cocky and a jerk. Mm -hmm. We're talking about like empowerment. We're talking yes. self confidence is super important. Um, Jonathan Haidt, will you make make sure that's the right H A I G H T? You memorize so many quotes. I I need more of your quotes because I do quotes Let's of go. the day with my team. Do I you? need some of your quotes. Every practice, I have a quote of the day. Oh, I love that, Jody. Every practice. Well, Coach Lim and I may or may not be working on a quote book, and, and we'll, <laughs> we'll talk about that later. Mm -hmm. But um, Haidt, is that right? Yep, H A I D T. H-A-I-D-T. Yep. Okay. Um, now, I don't know if this is a polarizing figure. He wrote a book with a very provocative title. Um, and, but the title does not represent all of his academic work. Mm -hmm. A big part of his academic work, that, and this is what aligns with, with your concept, is he, at least in, I don't know if it was a TED Talk or whatever, uh, had this incredible image, alarming but incredible, Mm -hmm. of um, and I hope this is not like upsetting for anyone who might be listening but um, suicide and self-harm mm -hmm. suicide suicidal ideations and self-harm especially within a young female population how the the, the a very alarming rise of prevalence frequency mm -hmm. almost right alongside the the advent of um, social media mm -hmm. so it's like in, in, in the curves they sit just beside one another so like as uh, so, social media took off first. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But then, near behind, not too far behind, this mental health dilemma mm -hmm. has started to really ramp up as well. These things mm -hmm. are aligned, at least some research believe. And like anyone who's been in this and has an Instagram account mm -hmm. probably gets that. There is a judgment. I think back even to like when I was in high school, I've heard forever like, being a high school girl is hard, and I'm not trying to paint yeah. with a broad brush. Is that fair? Yeah. No, I definitely agree. It, with being it, a high it, it girl can be very hard. Yeah. And now more than ever, there's so many eyeballs on you. Mm -hmm. There's so much visibility, and that can be good or bad, but it comes with a lot of critique, or at least the feeling of critique. Right. And it's, um, in fact, Lisa Feldman Barrett, another person to look up. Absolutely yeah. brilliant. Um, Lisa Feldman Barrett had this. What was? What did she call it? it was she called it the casual brutality okay. of the modern environment? Meaning, like so many people, specifically like teen and and, and young women, mm -hmm. um, felt like they were sort of constantly being judged. It's casual mm -hmm. brutality. So your stress levels are almost always just ratcheted up just a little. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What a freaking problem. Yeah. That what is, a problem. That is, that is. And and to, so to say this, I hope people are really hearing it for what it is, because it's not like this. Um, 
you know, if someone from my dad's generation was like, yeah, sports make you confident, it'd be like an okay, cool type, yeah. type idea. But what you're saying, and we really do believe this, that's why we're in, we run mm-hmm. a nonprofit organization in the athletics space, is you are helping, you are helping prevent mental health issues whether you realize it or not and that's a major public health epidemic right now that's, yeah it that, that's real is. so yeah. instilling confidence in these young women through this platform of basketball yeah is incredible yeah coach no. of the year marver it's incredible <laughs> no i agree and i think that like it is one thing for you to be confident in your players but it's another thing to teach them to be confident in themselves totally like two totally different things yep and i think you know it comes from definitely you saying how much you believe in them, yeah. but eventually that translates to them believing in themselves. Yeah. And I totally agree with you with the mental health part. I think like, you know, mental health is definitely on a rise when it comes to social media. Yeah. And a lot of the times I think a lot of it is just genetic. And some of these kids just have this. Some predisposed yeah. concerns. Yeah. Yeah. And sure. how and how can I play into being, you know, making this program and being a good enough role model to show them how to deal with it. And I think that the program and what we have and the relationships mm. I feel with the kids and them seeing, you know, what they can make out of it, I think has helped a lot for, yeah. for a lot of my girls I, and for myself. There's no doubt. I'm so yeah. glad you said that yeah. too. Yeah. yeah. That's for coaches as well. Yeah. And I think, um, what's the term? Lead from the front. I think, yeah. I think uh, you know, if coaches demonstrate that sort of empowerment, like, yeah. you, like and go ahead and expand on that. How, how, has, how has being part of these basketball programs been good for your mental health and wellness? Right. I mean, I think ever since, like, I was younger, it's like basketball was always my outlet. It's like, yeah. you know, that is my passion. It's, it's always what it's been. And I think for these girls, having figuring out a way to make that such a positive outlet for themselves is, is huge. Yeah. Because no matter what's going on in your life, like, during that time, it's like this is, you know, the time where you can clear your mind and just be focused on something that's, you know, bigger than yourself. Yep. And on top of that, having that family aspect, you yeah. know. A lot of the, you know, we all have different types of students. And even though we both work in very fluent areas, we know these kids have tough things. Sometimes they have to go home too. And so for them to every single day have a family aspect and having somebody they go to and knowing people that believe in them, I mean, that's huge. And and in the same aspect as I believe in my kids, like they believe in me. Like they see the best in me. They are the ones that are like, they tell me that they love coming to practice. They thank me after practice. Like they believe me. That's what keeps me like going still. Yeah. I'm like, and so, so many coaches will, will, you know, make a yeah. difference when it comes to the kids. But I think that it is so like not talked about how much these kids do for me. Like, yeah. and that's one of the reasons that I love Willows. Like these kids are a different breed. They really mm-hmm. are. And I think that they like love being a part of this program and it continues to fuel my passion for being a mm. coach that every year I'm not burnt out. I mean, I am by the end of the year. You're tired. You know, I could, I'm I could sure use some sleep. I could use some sleep. Fair definitely. enough. Yeah. But as far as like my passion for going in every day, it's like they believe in me so much. Mm. I mean, like that's incredible in my mind. And it really is great for my own mental health to be around kids. And I always say a joke like I like working with kids better than I like working with adults. But it's because of that. You no, know, no comment. Yeah, <laughs> it's because of that. It's like these these kids are incredible, and they yeah. they really see the best in me and my coaching staff. Which again, yeah. I'm gonna keep saying that are the best best coaching staff in all of America. But um, they believe. Wait a minute. <laughs> they, for basketball. For basketball. Okay. Fair, for girls fair. basketball. Yeah. 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 But they believe in me a lot, yeah. and I think that doesn't matter how old I am. You know, I'm 30. I could be 50, 60. If I have these kids that will run through a wall for me and yeah. think that I am like a great coach yeah I yeah. mean what more can you ask for 
That's so good. And what I think I'm hearing you say also is that you're getting really positive feedback on what might be very central to who you are as a person. That yeah. might be what's so empowering about coaching for mm. certain people. Yeah. Uh, it's not just pats on the back in terms of accolade and accomplishment. It's like you have a real special gift for this, for relationship development, for education, for the sport, all of these things. So you're not being, uh, you're being patted on the back for um, being who you are. Mm-hmm. That is wildly empowering. Yeah. I would think. Yeah. It definitely Amazing. is. Um, okay. Before, so were there more life lessons? I didn't want to cut you short. Okay. So, so far I hit like. You got, you got commitment, communication, confidence. Confidence. Um, commitment, communication, confidence. And I would just say like hard work. I mean like that's work like ethic, yeah, yeah. work ethic. I think yeah. work ethic is big. I think the girls see that the more they put in, the more they get out of yeah. it. Like, and that's huge. And, you know, I try to give as many opportunities as possible for these girls to work. Like, you know, and also on top of that for work ethic is working with what you got. Okay. So, so yeah. look at Willow's Academy. We have a basketball gym. Yep. That's all we got. We don't have a weight training center. We yeah. don't have... Any, I mean, we have we now have a trainer, which is a flag trainer, which is nice. Fantastic. And we now have a great athletic director. Shout out to her; she's the best, Rachel Miner. Um, yeah. but like we work with what we got, and that's sure. the thing. Sure. It's like that's a great life There's lesson to work so. hard and work yeah. with what we got. Yeah. So you look at like you know our strength and conditioning. Okay, I have a closet with sure. with dumbbells. Love it. And we make the most of it. And you make it work. It. We make it work. And last summer, you know, Planet Fitness had like this thing where high school students could could go for free. Amazing. So I bought my own membership and went with them after a pre- or camp and would, would lift with them. It's like we make so the best good. out of what we got okay. all the time. So, the, yeah. Everyone needs to hear that, by the way. Everyone needs to hear that. First of all, dedication to strength, conditioning, and fitness, and health, and wellness, etc. But also, um, there are so many... Uh, there's so many folks who will look actually at the Nutria program, say, which mm-hmm. you and I are deeply involved in. And be like, yeah, of course you guys do well. You've got all these incredible facilities and stuff like that. How long did did we work out of essentially a closet, like yeah. a yeah. forgotten space? How many times have we gone into the hallways with bands and mm-hmm. med balls and just figured it out? Um, yeah. Did, did you get what you wanted out of this moment? Even so. Yeah. And, you know, it goes back to our mantra of practical mindfulness. Does your behavior match your goal? Yeah. Sounds like your goal is to make them stronger and fitter and, and be together and mm-hmm. uh, understand work ethic and investment. Right. It didn't. You never. You never said your goal was work out in an elite facility. Right. Right. So you could you could definitely accomplish that goal wherever you are. I'm telling you right now, if the three of us went out into the library here, I bet yeah. we could get a pretty good workout in. Yeah. You know. If we if we, yeah. If we wanted to. Do you, right. you do you want to? I mean, you I have got, gym shoes I got on. You got gym shoes? First, they have to let us. Yeah. Well, maybe that's the one is we run away from the librarians. We just, yeah. it's like tag. We just yeah. don't get caught. I'd be sweating fast. Yeah. Um, anyway, sorry. Yes. So these are these are all amazing. A commitment, communication, confidence, work ethic. Investment's such a good idea, uh, and especially when it comes to the life lesson thing. Yeah. I think of it, I don't know how, I don't know if stocks are an interesting idea. Probably not, but the concept is clear. It's like if you're, if you're invested in a stock, that, that grows 10x, mm-hmm. but you're only a little bit invested, okay, it will have gotten better, but it will only gotten a little, but if you had gone all in on that thing, right? You, th- those rewards are yours. Right. And I think that's one of the things that's that's kind of interesting. Uh, maybe that's not, that's not a great parallel because you don't have as much impact on the outcome. But the right. concept is like, if you believe this thing is going somewhere, like if I'm part of the Willows program, mm-hmm. I, I would go all in. Yeah. 
You know, I'm going all in on this thing. I'm, I'm uh, not predetermining, but I'm certainly influencing the outcome. I already mm-hmm. believe that we're on the right track. I'm not going to dip a toe in this thing. I'm going all in. Right. Um, 100%. And you, and you might as well. And I think a lot of that is a mental game too. And that, that kind of feeds into the self-confidence. But, you know, I tell the girls, I'm like, you know, if you're going into games being like, oh my God, what if I make a mistake? What if this? What if that? Yeah. It's like, th- that's what's going to happen. You yep. know what I mean? Yep. It's like it, sports and just like life in general is so much of a mental game. You like have to have that mindset of like, you know, like I'm going to try my best. I believe in myself. I'm working so hard. And if it doesn't turn out the way you want it to, oh well. Yep. But if you go into the mindset every time of what if I fail, yeah. your brain is going to say what if I fail. You can't, you know, go. It's just like only looking at the obstacles. If you only yeah. look at the obstacles, you're going to hit the obstacles. You just got to follow the path. You have to follow the path. We have this We have this OCD model too. I'm just throwing acronym after acronym. I love acronym it. Keep it going. But uh, so optimistic assumptions is one of the things that we really prioritize. Mm-hmm. And some of the pushback I'll sometimes get is, well, like, I'm, I'm not an optimist, I'm a realist. And the enemy of optimism is not realism, it's pessimism. pessimism yeah. And uh, so to be able to, like you're saying, like to be able to fully jump in and not say this is going to go perfectly, but I know that if I jump in, uh, I'll swim around and get out. I'm trying to use a pool metaphor here. I don't know. But we're going to get to the other side of this mm-hmm. for sure and we'll be in a better position when we do. That's the sort of optimism I think that's so... Uh, important for people and it brings me back to one of these things we talked that you mentioned earlier um, sort of the avoidance you mentioned it I think when it came to communication Mm -hmm. but uh, what does what does avoidance look like why do we think people are maybe increasingly avoidant of challenge I I wonder if it's I wonder if it's an outcome of COVID I don't don't know Mm -hmm. Uh, but I think about that stuff a lot Think about that stuff a lot. Yeah, managing I, a staff, when managing mm-hmm. kids, whatever it is. Like, why do people step back from challenges? Yeah. Why? Yeah. Fear of failure. I think. Fear of failure, probably so. Yeah. Or being I, judged, or fear of something. Yeah. yeah. I think there's a lot of fear and failure, like in kids and in adults. Like, I really, totally like, what agree. if I fail? Like, what if it doesn't go well? Like, okay, well, what if? What if it doesn't? Yeah. Then you never know. I mean, I always try to look at my life, and I always say, like, everything happens for a reason. You know, yeah. like things. You know, the way I ended up at Willows. Yeah. Like that fell in my lap. Yeah. I, I, w- I wasn't applying, you know, online yeah. for jobs. I was happily at Niles North doing my thing yep. as a JV coach, assistant, you know. And then this fell into my lap and look where it took me. Yeah. And I remember yeah. when I got that, like, opportunity, I was saying, I don't know if I'm ready. Hmm. What if I fail? Sure. But if I take this head coaching job and I fail. Yeah. And it's like, where would I have been if I yeah. did that? Right. Just in the same place, right? In my life. I mean, like, you take chances. Comfort can be an yeah. enemy, the enemy of growth. Yeah. For Comfort sure. Comfort can be the enemy of growth. And I and I do think, like, I really believe that, like, that, you know, happened for a reason. Now here I am and this is great. Yeah. Um, but I do think that people, especially children, are so scared of failing. Yeah. Because of judgment or wherever that will put them. But I always say, I'm like, okay, so what if? Like, yeah. Oh, well. Right. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I love that. What if? So what? That's why, I, you know, one of my leadership strategies sometimes I I worry comes across as being too dismissive. And I I do try to check in with people I lead now to make sure that I don't. But I I, I will often find myself saying things like, so what? Like, Mm. you know, and I don't mean it to be dismissive. You probably heard me in moments like this too. But I'm like, okay, like whatever, you know, to try to sort of normalize the idea of like, okay, I understand the concern, but let's not spend too much time there. Right. This may not. This is probably not as bad as we think it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, and and I hope people hear that too. I think now, of course, you want to be 
you want to be thoughtful about what yeah. you, you go all in on. Hundred percent. But once you realize that, like the the why, like things are pretty clear and good, jump in. Yeah. Why the heck not? Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So when you first jumped in at Willows, what was the scariest part about that? I think when I first jumped in at Willows, I think the scariest part was I had no idea what I'm doing. That was kind of like my first thought in my mind. I'm Even like, though you had just come from Niles North is a serious basketball school. Well, correct. But but the things that I've learned, there's so much you do as a head coach. Yeah. yeah. Different than what That's you do as a head JV slash assistant coach. I mean, right. when I was at Niles North, you know, I basically, as a head JV, just copied everything, yeah. you know, because you mirror things that the head coach yeah. does. We did a lot of practices together. And then at the varsity games, I would just sit on the bench and, you know, give my two cents here and there. But it was yeah. him running the show. Right. Um, Fielding emails from parents. Yep. Scheduling buses. Right. All sorts of things. So, so there was, you know, me jumping in. I'm like, oh, my God. Now here I am making practice plans, making scouting reports, emailing with parents, making schedules, talking to these kids, building a program. Yep. It's like, holy cow. Like, yeah. and can I do this? Like, yeah. I was like, whatever. But... I think I was well, like... can you pause right there? Yeah. Because I'm thinking about a lot of people, including this guy over here who is on the full rise. You can you can publish that. Um, how did you how did you navigate that new stack of responsibility? Because that's like the unsexy stuff that people don't really see. It's like going yeah. to a party versus being a party planner. Yeah. You know, you, you're the thing, person bringing this thing to life. How right. did you... Uh, like, how did that work for you? Well, I think first off, the biggest thing was, like, I think I had a really good mentor. So when I was at Niles North, Dan Paxson, he was the head coach there. And, like, really seeing what he did, he was such a good mentor. So at first, you know, and good coaches do this all the time, you steal yeah. stuff from other coaches. 100%. And I still do steal stuff from other coaches. You, you have, it's, um, it's called sharing in sharing, education. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sharing yeah. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think a lot of that kind of came from, okay, like, what were some of the stuff that he did, this guy who was my mentor? Yeah. So. You know, building practice plans. I, like, mirrored some of the stuff he would do. Scouting reports. Yeah. Um, you know, mirror some of the stuff that he would do with that. And then as I started mirroring some stuff, then I started tailoring it towards, okay, and then I'm like, how am I going to do this for my right, team? Right, How is this going to work for Willow's Academy? Make it a little more, yeah. And so as time went on, I just got, like, more and more comfortable. And it definitely helped that the first year I went there, I had really good results. I mean, yeah. like, I just was very lucky that that, sure. that happened. But I think just like over time, you know, that responsibility became part of just what I did. Yeah. And now it just becomes so natural. Yeah, that's right. That, I, I, that was exactly the response that I would have would have guessed and assumed. Um, yeah. We talk a lot about as like building a fitness for that sort of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, there are things, you know, I think of the little things that we do now, like we just went on this nationals trip that I mentioned before. The amount of work that goes into it is the, the 23-year-old version of me would have probably not have been able to do it. Yeah. Honestly, I just would have been overwhelmed or I would have had to turn my back to so many other things. But it's like, uh, but you develop a fitness for these things. Yeah. And when you develop a fitness like for running or sprinting or lifting or or shooting or whatever it might be, um, you get better and better and better. At it. And I'm, I'm saying that to people because uh, on this podcast, because mm-hmm. I think that is, I think it's intimidating for some you know, yeah. people are like, well, I got into this to coach basketball or because I love volleyball or whatever it is. And it's almost like, um, I think party planning is probably a good metaphor. It's yeah, like, it is. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, do you want to go to the party? Do you want to create this experience for other people? Mm-hmm. You, you don't have to. You can go to someone else's party if yeah. you want. Yeah. You know, just go buy a ticket to that one. But once you make this decision, uh, it, it, it makes it almost, it takes, what's the right way to say this? It, it takes a touch of the magic out of it yeah. Weirdly enough, 
but I equate it to, and I want to be non-denominational on this podcast if I can help it, but like, mm-hmm. I think back to my childhood, Christmas, mm-hmm. it's like there's this magic surrounding the holidays. Mm-hmm. And then eventually, I, now I have like empathy for my parents. Um, I, don't have, I don't have kids, although I want to someday. My sister has two. And it's like, well, now you're responsible, responsible for making the magic for somebody else. Correct. Mm-hmm. So you're the one, you have to shoulder this labor. Yeah. So the, the, the reward on the other side is not, um, is not an abstraction anymore. It's not magic, but it's meaningful and deep yeah. in, a, in a different way. Right. And I think the only way to get to more of those meaningful and deep moments is to develop a fitness for putting it all together. Right. And I think, too, it's like, you know, I know for myself how much basketball was such a positive outlet for me, like, growing up. Like, you know, no matter what was going on, always had basketball. All of my friends right now I'm on through basketball. If I didn't play basketball, I would be very – not have many friends. (laughs) Um, I had opportunities to travel the world because of basketball. I had opportunities to – Wait, say that. Why? Go on. Just, like, through, you know, at Knox, there was some, like, you know, select teams that, like, would – did you? Where did you travel? I played in Costa Rica and in Italy for amazing. these like select teams for Division three players, which was super, super fun, amazing, yeah. such a great experience, yeah. you know. And I was, you know, able to be a part of so many amazing things and yeah. grow as a person in so many ways because of basketball. That I was so like passionate about giving it to these girls. Yeah. So that was another thing that drove me when I got this like job. It's like okay, there's these work, there's all these things, but it's like. I want to give them the same experience that I had. Yeah. And like I said, you know, most of my girls won't play basketball after Willows. Right. But how can I make this such a positive experience for them? This is giving me, um, this makes me feel really good because most of them won't. Yeah. But all of them will be better for it. Right. And, and that's all good, I want. Like, that's it. All right. So we are about at time. So I have one more thing I have to ask you. Yes. Okay. Um, what's, I want to know what your favorite Knox basketball memory is. That's a great question. Thank you. Favorite Knox basketball memory. Um, so as you know, Knox's rival is Monmouth. Yes, I do. And, know. and that rivalry is a very, very fun one. Yeah. Um, and every year we lost to Monmouth and it was always like a gritty game, but every year we lost in my senior year, we beat them, but we not only beat them, but we like crushed them. And Good. it was just like such any, any Monmouth listeners turn up the volume yeah. now. Crushed, crushed them. Crushed them. Crushed yeah. them. Um, and it was such like an emotional moment for me and all the yeah. seniors because similar to the Willows program, when I came to Knox, it was not doing so hot. Like yeah. they, they were really low and my group of freshmen that I came in, we like really built it up yeah. and my senior year was the most winning year they had. And it's since amazing. then Knox has even gone higher up. We're having a, we've had some yeah. pretty great years yeah. since. Yeah. So yeah. kind of like how I talked about how the alum at Willows feel like they're a part of this. Like we at Knox like feel like we were a part of like that movement like yeah. we, we started oh, no the trend going upwards and now it's skyrocketing but i think it was just so cool to see all that work like pay off and yeah. just like us being so emotional and that being so much fun yeah um and i think that just was my favorite part it's hard to filter it down to one moment so yeah. that was a tough question that but, but there, here, so here's the deal you are there's no doubt that that like you and your teammates are absolutely part of um, not only the su- success you accomplish together, but the current success of the program. Legacy is a real thing. Yeah. Right? Like, culture doesn't change overnight. Right. So you are definitely, it's funny, because it's like, Jody is part of the wins that happened this fall, or this winter. When they went to the NCAA tournament. When yeah. they went to the NCAA tournament. That's partly you. Yeah. I'm not trying to pump my, you up too part, much, Coach Partly Lear. my, uh, my partly your team. team. I love that you said that. Now, Here's what's important about the fact that you just mentioned that. 
I don't know if you know this, but I'm part of a variety of committees at Knox. And one of the things that, one of the reasons we wanted to rush this podcast was because um, uh, the, the Hall of Fame Selection Committee at Knox College, uh, the alumni department, and, and a whole bunch of folks who really respect you, including a lot of your peers, um, have just elected you to the Knox College Hall of Fame. You were the first person to tell me that. I was tasked with doing so. We just oh had the commitment. That's right. So as of... Let's go. We had a meeting um, less than a week ago. Maybe a week ago exactly. Yeah. And, um, oh, and that's, yeah. that's awesome. So this is your, this is your public <laughs> announcement. You did it. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you for that. That's, yeah. that's really exciting. That's uh, exciting. It is very exciting. So yeah. well deserved. It's one of the... It's uh, the, the classes riddled with talent it was yeah. a re- it's an exceptional class and a lot of debate um went into yeah. it but you were like it was like a no-brainer oh well thank you for telling yeah. me that that, that makes sure. me really really happy and yeah. it's but i like i'm gonna keep saying like Say it. that it was the team like that made us that good there you go not My team. full circle relationships right. i love it just like this year winning coach of the year it's coaching staff of the year and i'm gonna even say that over 100%. and over again. That's how it goes. That I have the best assistant coaches in the world, and I'm going to do anything to keep them for as long as I can. There you go. Yeah. Well, invite them to your Hall of Fame dinner, Coach, yeah. and keep uh, – I, I don't remember the exact date, but it's October of this coming fall. Okay. You've been inducted. So well, thank you. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Um, all right. The uh, I suppose that's all we have for the day. Yeah. I mean, if you have any social media you want to find Yeah. Where can people find you? Yeah. Oh, find me. Yes. Well, first <laughs> off, everyone has to follow Willow's Hoops. Willow's, so, at Willow's Hoops? At Willow's Hoops. You know, Instagram, Twitter, you yeah. know, definitely yeah. follow us. See the great things we're doing. I'm also on Twitter of just jo- at Jody Marver. Yeah. So that's another thing. At Jody Marver. Yeah. And just keep keep following if if you're into J O D I J O D I yes yeah. yeah if you're into seeing uh, small schools grow into big things you know definitely yeah. definitely follow us so yeah we're gonna keep making moves if you care about basketball life lessons coaches of the year and Hall of Fame inductees mm-hmm. at Jody Marver <laughs> Jody Marver Done. amazing awesome thank, thank you so you. much thank you right, give me a hug. congratulations oh, thank you so much thanks for telling me that of wow. course of course. Do you need business cards? Do you need flyers, posters, custom thank you notes, or any sort of stationery to take your business to the next level? If so, then you've got to see the good people at Mighty Printing. They've got two locations. One of them's up north in Glencoe, Illinois. The other is right in the heart of Chicago on 180 West Washington Street. They do most of the printing for the Good Athlete Project, and we just could not do our business without them. They've also worked with teams like the Chicago Bulls and the Chicago Blackhawks. They've worked with Let Us Entertain You Restaurant Group. They do holiday cards. They do wedding cards. They help you. They help you not only celebrate special occasions, but make them that much more special. And like I said, if you are a small business owner or a large business owner, they will give you the sort of personalized service combined with incredibly high quality goods. You just can't find that combo, honestly, anywhere else. Find them online at mightyprint.com. That's M-I-T-E, print, P-R-I-N-T, dot com. And on Instagram, same thing, at mightyprint, M-I-T-E, print. And tell them the Good Athlete Project sent you.